Welcome to the Apostolic Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson. And today on the show, I have a very special guest that I'm super excited to tell you about. Her name is Faith Marie Lopez, and you may know her from Instagram. She has one of the largest Instagram followers of any apostolic uh, person that, that I know personally. Um, and she has, she's super creative. Her photos are gorgeous. Um, she's a writer and um, she runs a social media company. And, and I'm just excited to be able to have her share her story with us today on the show. Hi, Faith. Hi, and thanks for having me. I'm super excited. We get to podcast together. I know. Style. Yeah, <laughs> Corona style for sure. And, and Girls, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, Faith and I. We have a lot to share, um, but our main topic is going to be about coronavirus and the things that God has been showing us um, through this COVID-19 pandemic and um, and how he's bringing us along. And, and Faith, I want you to start out by telling the audience how you became an apostolic. What's that story? Um, I was born into Pentecost uh, my, in Fairfield, California. My parents were attending a church there um, pastored by Tim Cates. And now that church has kind of morphed. And essentially, Brother Shane Golden is the pastor now of that church that oh, okay. I originally attended when I was like zero to three years old. And then okay. because my parents were in military and then my dad got a job with the post office, which he still has. So um, they transplanted to Elk Grove and started attending the Rock Church under, at that time, the pastor was Bishop Wilson, and now it's Pastor Young. Um, so I've been going there for like 33-something years, 34 Oh, wow. Years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how did, tell me about your company. Um, how did you get started with what you do, tell the audience what you do and, and tell us about your company a little bit and how that started. Um, I own a social media management company that I started about seven to eight years ago. Um, and, but it's not what I went to school for. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, just last year, which was really fantastic, um, Sacramento Magazine published me with a bunch of other people as having one of the most influential businesses in Sacramento. So I'm actually really proud of Amazing. that. I don't Amazing. Like capitalize on it, but it's something that I love to like be proud of, you know? Yeah. Well, you have a team. And so <laughs> that's kind of, you know, really special for your team. And so yeah. I think that's pretty cool. How, how many people are on your team? I've got five, about five people. We have a photographer, a copywriter, content builder, um, a project manager, and then myself, of course. Nice. Um, and so we all do work for my clients and, it's been a little slow with coronavirus because some of them, my clients had to like pause our contracts because um, they were resorts or hotels and they had to basically wait. They shut down completely. So, okay. Um, so work has gotten a little less, but we're, we're taking on a new client this next month and in the next month after that. So we're, we're working back to amping up to normal, you know, normalcy. Okay. Now, before we started recording, you were telling me, Faith, that you have, um, you were one of the first apostolic influencers on Instagram. Tell me about that. To what I know, um, 
I pretty much got a lot of the majority of my following in like 2012, 2013. Um, and that was like back when Instagram had like no rules, no laws. So I would spend like hours a day gaining hundreds of followers just because <laughs> I wanted to try and achieve something, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So it was like, I went to Hope Core with um, the owner of Danny Jewels, which I don't know if you've had her on your podcast yet. Um, but she ended up calling me and saying, how do I start a social media business? And so both her and I were pretty much like the some of the first influencers on Instagram specifically, and maybe more other social platforms um, like that were Pentecostal or apostolic or, you know, very religious in that way or something. But I just never kind of said I was, but she did. So um, I, and then I stopped posting for a while, but that's be, be beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how many followers do you have on Instagram now? Um, I have about uh, over 110,000. It's probably somewhere about around that range. So, okay. And they're, they're pretty actively engaged followers too, because um, I'm looking at one of your pictures right now and it's got 13,000 likes or 1300. Yeah. 1300. <laughs> um, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. I would get like 20,000 likes on a photo, but that was before all the algorithms and stuff. But yeah, no, I'm able to maintain with the like um, age of my account, I'm able to retain some really organic um interactions which I'm very happy about you know it got me depressed a little bit going from like 20,000 photo likes on a photo to like 2,000 but I'm mm-hmm. over it you know yeah for sure <laughs> I, I'm with you on that I got it, over it that just, a you can't keep battling the algorithms it's just too much it's not it's not in my control so I can't really dwell on that too much so yeah well Faith your um your writing is tremendous can we just switch gears from a minute a minute from your social media to your writing. Sure. Um, you've just started kind of a, a biography, so to speak, um, on Instagram. And yes. are you going to turn this into an actual book or is this just going to be an Instagram thing? I don't know yet. Um, okay. okay. I'm also kind of like rewriting the way you can publish stuff if you okay. want to think that way. Okay. You know, social media has given the platform to people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have a voice or the availability of creativity on social media is like amazing. So I'm not looking to do a traditional book at the moment, but I Mm -hmm. do want to share my story. So I was like, how could I do that? Well, number one, I have an Instagram with a lot of Mm -hmm. followers. So I have an audience already. Yeah. And then number two, I pull from what I know and that's music because I have two degrees in music, you know, piano performance. So I kind of like married those two together and that's how I'm publishing my content right now. But of course I could change, but that's just kind of what made sense to me in the moment. So, Okay. Well, I want to read to our audience um, something that, that you wrote. It's on one of your pictures. It's actually, if you guys were to go look at it on our Instagram page, it's page 10. And I want us to talk, I want us to launch off and talk about it after I read these two uh I don't I want to say verses, but that's not, it's like it's the Bible. They're not actually verses, but points two and three from page 10. You say, the record of my life to this moment has been full of scratches, skips, bumps, and imperfections. And like a well-worn vinyl record that has seen better days, the master of my life has seen fit 
to play a new song, a song that I can now write together with him. Today's a new day, and I'm so thankful for COVID-19. This time of quarantine has been a personal cleansing for me, a cleansing of personal habits, thoughts, unnecessary responsibility and relationship, all, all while trying to find balance in the midst of seeming chaos. Faith, that is so beautifully written. I'm just, I'm just blown away that you are um, thankful for COVID-19 because that's exactly how I feel. And so can, let's, can we spend some time just talking about that? Like, yeah. what are you thankful for? Well, a long time ago, um, I kind of had to think of myself as like a buried golden nugget. And what would the value be on a golden nugget? And basically under the earth, it's not valued, but you expose it and it's valued. The problem is with exposure is that you're vulnerable. So, and I know this sounds very weird, but um, I thought of myself as like a very precious item that God gave to me or created and that I needed to take care of not only my personal space, but the space around me. And one of the ways that I would do that would be to find how I could be grateful or thankful in all the things that came and surrounded myself, whether it was something positive or negative, so that I could sift through those things that maybe I could eliminate and basically give myself an opportunity to um, address things in myself in a, in a manner where I felt like it would be positive um, from a positive viewpoint. And so that's why being thankful and grateful is also one of my company mottos. Like, you know, I be thankful and grateful in all things because it's helped me to be successful in my life and in my mm -hmm. business and with my relationship with people. Oh, that's so good. That's, that's so good. Just because thankfulness is something that God's, uh, been teaching me for for a long long time and tell me about some of the okay so some of the things that we were talking about before we started uh, re recording mm -hmm. was how there's a lot of fear in the midst of this pandemic and mm -hmm. so you know you and I are talking about thankfulness but I think we're jumping ahead like mm -hmm. before we even get to the thankfulness there's real fear yeah right? yeah and so how let's talk about how do people navigate from that fear to, to thankfulness? You, um, you bring up such a good point about thankfulness. And, you know, when we look through the lens of thankfulness, even if it's a negative thing, um, there's always something good we'll be able to see out of it. And there is so, so much good in COVID-19, even though it's, it's been a rough 2020. But before we can get to thankfulness, because that's jumping ahead, um, we have to kind of walk through the fear that people are feeling and that we've walked, that we feel um, with this COVID-19 pandemic. There's all of this fear. So how do we walk from the fear to the thankfulness? Like we were joking about earlier before, um, yeah. before we started recording, I was like, I wake up every day holding my chest going, is this the Rona? <laughs> so how do we get how do we because you have lung issues I mean there's real fear 
in the yeah. midst of this pandemic. And I don't want this podcast Real. to sound like, you know, la la, we're just so thankful for all these trials. Let's be, let's talk about how we move from that real fear every day to the place of thankfulness. How, what does that actually look like? I think it's kind of a little bit of a two pronged answer. Okay. Um, first one would be that comes to mind when you ask me this question is that one of the biggest um, things that God asks us to do in the Bible is to be overcomers. And so one of the ways you can start to overcome fear is literally by the words of our testimony. So the Bible says you can overcome by the words of your testimony. And so like actually speaking things out that are real for you, but maybe not be reality in the real tangible world. Okay. Um, give me an example of that. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, so speak something out. What do you mean? So you like all of us understand that we can really get into our mind and really hamster wheel like a lot of topics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that sometimes we do that without allowing um, ourselves to get, get it out. And so it becomes more of a bigger issue in our mind um, than actual reality. True. Okay. And so we can work ourselves up so intensely to cause issues in ourselves, like a panic attack or an anxiety cut, or sometimes your body just responds to negativity or pressure in those ways and you can't stop it or control it. So mm -hmm. to get out of that like fear trap, mm -hmm. you know, you have to basically kind of like jump into the faith pool and you have to figure out, okay, what is this, you know, fear factor that I'm dealing with and how can I make it over to the faith pond? <laughs> I love <Essentially>, that. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so one of the ways that you can do that is you can overcome by the word of your testimony and you can talk to somebody about what you're going through. Um, not only just talking to God because prayer is an essential form of working through these issues, but also um, one of the ways that I do it is I physically will write things down on like blank pieces of paper and tack them to my wall to get them out of my mind so that they, I don't blow things up out of proportion when maybe there's literally wow. like one thing that I'm really feared about out of a list of things. And I'm making that mm -hmm. like the focus point of my day to day, my weeks to weeks, my months to months. And then it just traps me into like, you know, this fear thing. <laughs> um, so what are you writing down on the paper? Um, Currently right now, I'm just emptying my mind of things that are important to me in the moment. So, um, but our mantras to myself or things that I'm um, like current negative attributes of myself, current positive things, um, things I, mm. that bring me hope, things that worry me, um, you know, phrases and, and sentences and things like I've written for myself, like, one of the things I've written is like every habit I have created must take equal effort to undo equal effort to find a new habit, equal effort to create a new positive and productive habit. And then that my change as a human being will require a lot of work and effort on my part. And at the end of it, I always say love is patient and love is kind. And so 
I, I write these things down because they're important to me and my efforts for change and to get out of that fear factor and to get into a successful existence in Christ um, oh, through, living, this. through living by faith. The reason why I love this faith is because you're describing like real physical work that you're doing to move yourself along instead of just staying under the covers afraid. Like you're actually getting up, facing it and dealing with it in your own way, which is writing things down, thinking, thinking it through it with it, with your logical mind. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, prayer, you know, and that, uh, that scripture comes to mind, like faith without works is dead. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible is asking us that we need to have faith, but we also need to put in some work and effort um, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. basically overcome. Um, and then, so the two-pronged thing is basically, number one, your testimony is helping you to overcome. And then number two, um, the work that needs to be put into overcoming that fear. And then... I'm going to add this at the end here is that reality is you can think of yourself as a lifeline, right? You ha- you're here mm-hmm. on earth and your lifeline goes straight up to God. And that's like a line. Once you get baptized and receive the Holy ghost, that just really connects you to something that greater than you. So if you think of yourself as a lifeline and then you think of all your fears on the left side um, and then all of your positive faith things on the right side, um, one of the ways that helps me is my change is if my list of fears is greater than my list of faith and hope and ways to that I'm doing things successfully, then that means I'm feeding fear, which means mm-hmm. I'm feeding the very thing that's causing me to stumble. That's good. So if I get it out of my mind. Mm-hmm then I'm able to face that fear physically, actually tangibly and look at it and say, is this really what I'm making it? That's so good. And I love what you said about putting a a list on the left side of fear and the list on the right side of faith. And then just if you, what if you added all of your testimonies to that list, that, that list would surely outweigh the fear list. And honestly, I would say 90% of the time, the positive things and the successful things are overlooked because we make, we feed the fear more than we feed the faith. So good. So good. Now you have a story about driving and um, having a panic attack. Do you want to share that story? Yeah. So um, as a part of my attempt to share my life story, I kind of jumped from the past to like the current present, like in a massive way and being like, listen, folks, here's my, you know, COVID fear story. And I had a panic attack (laughs) driving across America to quarantine with my sister in Pennsylvania was by myself with my dog. And if you can remember back March, early March, mid March, things were changing hour by hour minute by minute and the uncertainty and I hate that word Mm -hmm. was basically reality (laughs) that's so true and yeah Yeah. and if you think I'm a single person I don't have any kids I don't have a husband 
and I'm driving across America with my dog, getting all of this information like funneled to me through now we have, you know, iPhones and smartphones and stuff. So you can just get so much information in the hot second. But the thing is, is like I hadn't put into practice like fact checking at that point. So everything Mm -hmm. that came to me was like a reality, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the possibility of, you know, martial law or I'm not going to go into all this stuff, but these are the things that were sent to me as truths. Um, Like every state border would close and you couldn't get from one state to the state next. And then just like, you know, Mm -hmm. all what rumors could have happened in the very beginning. And, um, and I wasn't prepared for it. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. was prepared for that onslaught change that was happening so quickly. And so, um, at some point, um, along the way, I was almost to my sister's and the fear was getting bigger for me because I was afraid that the state borders were going to actually close because somebody was telling me that they were going to do that. And, and I was driving, so I can't sit there and fact check it while I'm driving Mm -hmm. because it's Mm -hmm. pretty much illegal to do that. But, um, and so at some point along the way, I think it was like I was listening to news and then I switched it to something else and whatever was on that next thing, like mm-hmm. pushed me over to the edge and I literally couldn't breathe and I had to physically like roll down my window, stick my head out of the side of my car going 80 miles an hour just to like force air down my lungs. And I've never experienced this before. And I didn't know what was Mm -hmm. happening. I just knew I had to get air. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I I pulled over at a gas station and I took my dog out to, you know, to run him. And I had to think, I was like, I'm here by myself. Like Mm -hmm. what is reality? And I said, you know, we live in a free country. There are protocols and processes by which things are done. And later on, I found out that um, it's illegal to close the state borders because in our constitution, we have the right as American citizens to travel freely between states. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. That is good to know. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't know that. And that's why I'm saying like, that's when I started like Mm -hmm. increasing my fact checking skills to be like, oh, you know, okay, this person's telling me this, but Mm -hmm this is actual truth and reality over here. So that's what I'm saying. Like we can really hamster wheel a lot of stuff to create situations that maybe don't need to be had. And that's good. And so, and you bring up a really good point about just the, in this pandemic, so many people are alone. Like you, you know, you're, you're, you're single, you have a pet, but no children and you're driving across the country alone. Like there's to be with your family, but, but you're still alone. And so a lot of people have to process all of this information they're getting from their phones Mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that's a really good point. Like, especially even if you're not driving across the country, your, your church may be closed or like for us, we're having church in our parking lot still. We're yeah. at the end of July and we're yeah. still not able to go into our building for yeah. church. Yeah. And so even though I can look out of my car and see all of our brothers and sisters, I'm still alone. Yeah. I'm still in my car. Yeah. You know, 
And so what you're talking about is just so real. And I just want people to know that this, that, that there is a path from all of that informational fear to, you know, like you said, just kind of walking through those feelings, you know, okay, this is how I feel. I'm having a panic right, attack right now. This is yeah. just a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to get through this. And then, and then we walk on the other side of it, which is that faith, jumping in the faith pool, yeah. I like how you put it. <laughs> because it is, you live by faith. You don't, you don't see everything. You don't have any tangible stability sometimes. And it's literally like floating in, in water. Living by faith mm-hmm. is essentially living with no st- stability around you until God provides it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I like what you said about having that list on the right-hand side. I'm picturing a whole list of <laughs> testimonies, you know? Yeah. And that's the, that's the way we boost our faith and jump in that pool is just by keep on telling our logical mind yeah. You know, that's not going to happen. God's delivered you before. He's going to do it again. Yeah. You know? So like the ways I, I, when, when you're in the, what did I call it before? It was like a fear pit. That's what I called it. I called it fear pit. Okay. So like when okay. you're in the fear pit, you feel like you just can't get out and there's no light and there's no, you just feel like oppressed on all angles, you know? So true. And so for me, the one thing that actually like gave me hope was the power that I have personally to um, to create change for myself, um, and how Tell me I what can, you mean by that? And how I can do that is uh, encouraging myself in the Lord. So how I jumped out of the fear pit was to know that I have the power to create change for myself with the help of God. Oh, I love that. And sometimes I think we forget in our moments mm-hmm. of fear that there is a hope for a different reality. Mm-hmm. And and I personally would just get so lost in it that it would Same. consume and overcome myself to the point mm-hmm. of like, you know, you can't do anything. You just got to sit there, close your eyes and be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like you're overcome mm-hmm. by fear, literally. Um, yeah. And, and when you're alone, you have to be the one to jump out of the fear pit because there is no one going to pull you out. Right? No, I don't like, have a support system as far as like right. having a built in spouse or, you know, I do have like friends and I do right. have family. And you can reach out. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing was like after okay. that moment, I ended up saying, hey, look, you guys can't send me this stuff while I'm driving because it's not working for me. And I was able to like speak up and say, hey, this is what happened to me. Um, and that helped out a lot. And then when I, once I got to my sisters, honestly, we had as a family discussed, like if anything in the world happened, like on this level that we would all congregate together and we would be together during this time. And honestly, I think that is the best decision I made for myself Mm. was to, to leave my home, which I just bought a brand new home last year. I, Mm. not that I want to leave it, but you know, I did. And it's uncomfortable to be going through this stuff in somebody else's home. But I felt mentally and spatially, like community-wise, it's very important to, to surround myself with support. Physically surround myself with support. That's beautiful. And, and it's so important for people that are alone. Mm-hmm. So important. And through that, once I started seeing the... When I, once I started being thankful and grateful and using that as a tool... Um, to view COVID 
and what happened to me. And not only mm-hmm. that, I had, you know, my, not only the personal stuff, but I had my business that mm-hmm. I'm here to support my clients and support other people that work for me. So that was another like added fear factor to this whole situation was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, am I going to lose my company? You know? Um, yeah. So, and that's a reality that is really heavy weighted because people are relying on me for livelihoods, you know? So that pressure of not being able to fact check, being by myself mm-hmm. and having like, you know, the business side of it still running 24 um, seven, just really kind of threw me because I wasn't prepared for it. And I think mm-hmm. that's like a lot of the times, a lot of the things that I think people in general, Christians as well, is like when things like this happen, we're not prepared for it. So we don't know what to do. So we just live in this fear pit because we have no idea how to get out of it. Yeah. And I, this whole year 2020 took all of us by surprise. And so um, all of us at some point are jumping out of the, the fear pit, you know, and then getting thrown back in and then jumping back out. Yeah. There's so much and, fear. And like, you know? ironically enough, we had um, Brother Doug Walker come to preach our baseball field church because that's where we're having church right now. All right. Um, and he he's a big reader and loves history. And he said like, basically every pandemic that's ever happened in the world has always shaped the new way of existence for people. And I think that's really what is happening right now with COVID is that it's reshaping the way while you're receiving the effects of it, how we have church. True. You know, it's reshaping the way we think, how we act, the way we our traditional norm has always been. And and for me, that is what's happened for me. So I've been able to eliminate, um, un, like, there's responsibilities that I didn't need to have in my life that were harming, crossing emotional boundaries that I just were causing me to have, like, feelings of hopelessness. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I was supporting and helping people and wanting, to, like, hoping beyond hope that they would you know, that I could help them to change. And Mm. there was no change happening. And so that was helping me to understand, like, there's not much more I can do as a human being that needs to be now be done by them. And so I eliminated relationships in my life that I didn't need to have responsibilities that I didn't need to carry. And then once I once I did that, and I freed myself up of, you know, the space around me that maybe had more negative influences um now i'm able to actually work on a path to overcoming you know and and that is like one of the biggest things for me through covid is like my biggest change is the fact that covid hit and forced us to like like do a 180 and throw Mm -hmm. us up in the air and then push us out with a blow in the wind and then we splash in a pool and we're like how did this get here like but through that you can either live in that fear pit or you can climb out with the help of the lord and live Mm -hmm. a faith life yeah and the forced isolation is um so good for all of us i want to read something to the audience that you wrote i love your writing i love your writing have i told you that yet okay (laughs) So um, this is from page 10 again on your Instagram uh, stories or posts. And you say, um, 
I told myself I can either be one who waits around for COVID to end, or I can live in an existence that it may never go away and push forward into new and uncharted waters. And I choose the latter. I am thankful that God saw fit and think enough of me to make a pause so great that it created the space that I needed for change. I'm eternally grateful to my creator for COVID-19. That is just beautiful because that the piece about um, that God saw fit and, and he thinks enough of us to make a pause so great that it would create a space that we need, that we all need for change. I think that is the jump into the faith pool yeah. where we can be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. For, for COVID-19. Thank you, God, for the space you've created for us to make the, ch- it, the personal changes that we need. Yeah. So I think if we're going to really like nail down how to get out of that fear pit is you, First, need to be thankful and grateful for whatever you can find thankful and gratefulness for. Um, I love that. You know, overcome by the word of your testimony. So talk to people about things that you trust, people that you trust, obviously. Um, And then just knowing that you have the power to create change because the Bible says faith without works is dead. So you have to put in some effort, too. Okay, what does that look like for people that are just going, scratching their heads, going, what do you mean I have power? What does that mean? Give me day to day. um, Are you talking about things like writing things down on paper? Like you just just said, like whatever, whatever steps you can take towards change is work. Gotcha. You know, and whatever that looks like for you, mine's completely different because I'm doing this kind of semi on my own. I do have some bouncing, you know, some people that I really trust, um, that I do bounce some of these things off of. Um, my mother is a doctorate in grief and loss counseling and my sister is a nurse. Um, I have really successful people in my life that I go to for, uh, just conversation. And I'm always, Mm -hmm. honestly, I Mm -hmm. don't know if anybody else does this, but I'm always calling my best friend, my sister, my dad, my other friend from a different, you know, my other couple of friends from different states around America. And I'm every day I'm touching one of them on a conversation okay. because okay. it helps me to stay balanced and out of my head and connected and connected. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to, to be able to have those connections to keep you on a, like a forward momentum And I love what you said about staying balanced and out of your head. That's too many days of just being in your head alone. Not, not good. Yeah. That's awesome that you've been blessed with such a, a a wonderful knit of circle of people around you. Yeah. A few years ago, I, um, I had basically been able to buy my very first brand new car. Um, I always had, clunkers or things that just kept feeding it till it broke down you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so I was like you know I'm getting this car because I want to go and travel and visit my family and my friends and um strengthen my relationships with the people that I care about because unfortunately they don't all live in my same city or even Mm -hmm. state and so I bought a car that was all-wheel drive I could drive it anywhere in any weather and it 
was a kind of small compact SUV type thing, but, you know, got me to point A to point B safely and economically. And so I just started like in 2016, um, every season, like maybe once or twice a year, um, starting probably around like October, November, I would go when I visit, I have family in Utah, then I have family in Chicago, then I have my sister who I stay at a lot with her in Pennsylvania, then I have um, a really good friend in Virginia, and then my dad is in Florida, and then I have more friends in Florida, then I have a really good friend in Louisiana and some other family friends in Louisiana, and then more family in Texas, uh, like Dallas area, and then, so basically I can make this loop, starting like wow. California, Utah, Chicago, Pennsylvania, then I go down the coast, Virginia, Florida, <laughs> back up to Louisiana and then through Texas and I can pretty much in about a couple months time visit everybody that's important to me spend time with them and I can't tell you enough how much that has helped me when during COVID really because I had these connections with these people that I could call on that knows that I care about them because I physically like made myself available to them and that our bond is stronger and we were able to support each other more because of my personal like thought that I needed to strengthen these relationships four years ago. Wow. Yeah. I'm saying, wow, just because you're reminding me of something that happened in our own church several years ago. And I don't know how many years ago, maybe it was five, four or five years ago. Our pastor felt impressed by God to that we needed more fellowship we go to a pretty large church just like you and um and so sometimes in large churches it's hard to get close to people just because it's just so big and it's yeah. easy to just slip in and slip out and the lord specifically told our pastor fellowship and so we started all having dinner together in the gym every sunday night oh, wow. and now that's not possible anymore but we all have years of remembering sitting together with our little paper plates and our meal that delicious meal that was made by whatever whatever team was on that night and just missing that time right now but also feeling so much closer to mm-hmm. each other now that we have to be apart yeah you know that community is real you know and i think that is like because i don't have a built-in at-home like spouse and kids to distract me essentially from things. Um, I feel like my greatest testimony as a Christian is that I am a single person and that I can basically use this time of non being distracted with, and I'm not saying husbands are a distraction, but they can be. Um, I'm not, I don't have to be distracted by caring for other people. And I get the opportunity to basically work on how I can overcome and be an overcomer as Christ has asked me to do. And so I love the fact that I am single right now. And if God sees fit to change that, then he'll provide the right thing. And I'm not worried about it because I'm taking this time to focus on myself because I can. I love that perspective on singleness, man. We've got so many things we could title this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's fabulous. What did I say? I, I, I'm a girl with a dog and a business, so I'm in my mind all the time, and all you do is think. <laughs> wow. Well, we are going to have to bring this to a close, unfortunately, just because the podcasting doesn't let me to doesn't let me go on for that long. But before we close, I want 
you to tell the audience how they can connect with you because I'm sure after listening to this, there will be a handful of people that want to be your friend. Oh, well, if you're interested in me or a little bit more about me, um, my Instagram is probably my biggest like touch point as far as finding me. And that's the Instagram handle at Faith Marie, and that's spelled out F A I T H M A R I. And that is the name of my website, so faithmarie.com. That is the name of my company, Faith Marie Inc. <laughs> I just basically went with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and right now we're in the process. Also, I've used COVID to like restructure my company, like giving new breath to it. So we're redoing the website right now. So you'll see one now, and then maybe in a couple of weeks, you'll see a new one. So. Okay, we'll have to look for both of those. Yeah, but I do have to say a huge thank you to you because in prayer, um, in our conversation previous to this to kind of get together about what we're going to talk about, um, all the things that you said to me was all the things I felt in prayer that was my responsibility for sharing my story, was to help other people know that there can be a different way of existing or um, using parts of my story and how I've overcome things that you can use as a tool for your life. And I think that is the biggest, um, that means more to me than money, than having a house, than having a car, having a dog, like being able to do that to somebody else, like having an effect on another human life literally humbles me. And I'm really thankful for it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome to God be all the glory and, there is nothing better than sharing our stories together. And I'm just, I want to encourage those of you that are listening that faith is spending the next, um, the next several, however long it takes, months, weeks, sharing her personal life story on her Instagram page. And it is powerful to read. If you go back, we're, we're doing this recording at the end of July, but if you will go back, um, from today at least like i think it's about nine to ten posts um you start with the post where you see her feet on two yellow lines she's in these duck boots and and i'm I'm explaining this just because if you just take a quick look at her at faith's page it will just look like beautiful photos and um you have to dig a little deeper just like we have to do with god and and in the bible and you have to actually go past those beautiful photos and if you start with the with the photo with her feet duck feet on these two yellow lines on the road um that's the beginning of her story and then you kind of work your way backwards and just the little bit that i read was just so healing to me Um, because there's so many correlations to my own personal story. And I agree with you, Faith, that that it's through the word of our testimony that we can jump into that faith pool. Having you on the podcast today has been a tremendous blessing. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And anytime you want me to come back, I will say yes. You got it. (laughs) All right, girls, that does it for today. We will see you again on the next podcast in a few days. Thank you for listening. Thank you.